welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We are excited to have Weston Outlaw here with us today. Weston, how you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, you know, living the dream during these crazy times. So, Weston, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's going on? Um, I am the director of special and summer programs at Cranbrook Schools, which is part of Cranbrook Educational Community in Bluefield Hills, Michigan. Um, I've been in the camp industry for a long time, starting as a camper and as a counselor and a seasonal administrator up to now being, you know, in charge of a, a full set of uh, programs uh, that's connected to a, a school on a campus. Um, love camp and uh, I love school, boarding schools and, and everything about education. So uh, that's why I do what I do. Great. Well, welcome. Welcome. Uh, Weston, talk to us a little bit about your organization. As of today, when we're recording it, it's the 29th, May 29th. of yeah, 29th of May. Um, it's not going to be released for a couple of weeks. We know things will change over time. But talk to us a little bit about what your organization is looking at over the next 30, 60, and 90, if you know, days. Well, uh, Cranbrook Educational Community, it's one campus, 319 acres. And it includes several pieces other than camp. It, like I said, it's a K through 12 school day and boarding. It has a science museum, an art museum, uh, a graduate academy of art, and then also a collections uh, for center, a center for collections and research. So a lot of things happening separately with, with, within the campus. So all of us together uh, have to consider the next 90 days, of course, um, but for schools and camps specifically, um, as far as camp is concerned, um, we have made a decision not to move forward in, with in-person camp. We've already made that decision uh, a, a few days ago, and we are transitioning online. Um, but what the next uh, big decision is, is for the fall, and that is for the school, um, both day and boarding students, our after-school programs, our enrichments, um, and what those will look like and how we have to maneuver through all of the, the considerations, uh, financial, legal, uh, legal um, risk management, and program, of course. Uh, and, and we just want, want to approach it as safe as possible for our faculty and staff. What, one of the things that, uh, uh, that I know about Weston is that uh, he, he has a considerable financial background uh, in, in managing nonprofits and, and all that. Uh, I know uh, when, when we met at the uh, uh, American Camp Association's uh, conference a few, a few months ago, gosh, that was just February when we can still travel and do all those things. Uh, you know, Weston would talk about things like generating ancillary revenue, you know, so uh, those of, and I'm not making fun of you, I'm making fun of my lack of, uh, of knowledge and, uh, of, of, you know, embracing that. I, I, I recall as a, as a young program director in the 80s, 
my camp director walking into the office one Friday afternoon and said, when are you in again? And I said, Tuesdays. Uh, and he tosses this big, this is the 80s now. So he tosses this big, huge binder looking thing on the giant computer paper that had all the little holes down the side. And it's like half a foot tall. And he drops it on uh, in front of me on my desk and says, that's our budget. We're going to talk about it on Tuesday. I suggest you get to know it. And, you know, so you know how I spent my weekend. And, uh, Al, but, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I can smell that paper as you were you? describing it <laughs> with that, with that printing across that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, oh, the it. Tricks. that's, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, you know, it, it, it just, obviously, you know, we are all faced with these critical decisions about how to serve youth and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I know that you guys are looking at, you know, some huge financial considerations, as well as every other organization, youth serving organization that's out there. Uh, what, what types of things are, 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 are you processing through uh, not just on an emotional, personal level, but on that financial aspect. How do you look at what's going on and make a reasonable decision about closing or suspending or altering, you know, whatever the, the, the adjective you want to use for what's, what comes next? It's a really good question, Al. And I, what I do first and foremost is balance um, my financial thinking with why we're doing it. And so um, uh, as I talk a lot about uh, financial management and, and budgeting and, and forecasting, I always try to consider and at least always incorporate some portion of that it's for camp, it's for, it's for our, the betterment of our, children, our youth and for uh, professional development of our camp staff. And so that always has to be, uh, at least in the back of my mind when I talk about this. And sometimes you can get so deep into finances that you have to just keep bring that up sometimes. So with that, uh, I have been working very closely with my seasonal camp directors to prepare for camp. And when this happened, when this pandemic uh, came to us, I approached them saying, we are going to take a three-pronged approach and what we're going to experience is that we are going to prepare for three different scenarios with only possible possibly one outcome and there has there probably hasn't been a lot of you probably don't have a lot of experience neither do i with having to sacrifice so much or to put so much work into something that may not even come to fruition. Um, but that is where we are. And I need your professional endurance to get through this. And some of that professional endurance can come from when you went to camp and you learned to push forward and to conquer some of those uh, things that looked scary um, or seemed like, um, you know, just weren't interesting to you, but you, you know, you wanted to push forward anyway. Um, so that's kind of what I reminded my staff and saying, we are going to be doing triple the work for only possibly one outcome. And that's what, that's where we are today is with that one outcome. Um, but they all, when I spoke with them, 
they all say, um, no one regrets going down the path that we did. And we didn't want to, you know, go through this process without having all of those scenarios ready and in place in case we were to take a different route. I love that you prep them in that scenario, that, that three-pronged approach or, or the, uh, uh, somebody else uh, called it the, uh, uh, the three legs of a stool, you know, you, right. you, not knowing which one would uh, falter and having the others in place. Um, uh, the, Excuse me, Al, I didn't, I didn't even explain what those three prong, the three-pronged approach was, and that is of preparing for in-person camp, uh, preparing for online camp and then preparing for cancellation. And each of those areas have, uh, each of those scenarios have a program approach and then a financial approach to those. And lastly, what I'll say about this is, I, I mentioned to the camp administrators that um, from my perspective for financial management, it became, look, I felt like, even though I don't have any experience in it, it felt like I was on this stock exchange floor um, because I have spreadsheets that are constantly changing. It's not like, uh, you know, I had, um, you know, we have um, a guest speaker coming in and I have to budget for that now. It's every day there's an enrollment situation, uh, a, a hiring situation, or a program situation that we have to consider. And so you have moving numbers daily, hourly, all the time, and we have to account for that. It, it, it seems like you're, you're constantly shifting from managing the day-to-day, moment-by-moment situation to having to flip forward and lead your group. Is, uh, you know, how, how are they uh, reacting to this? How, how have they been stepping up, so to speak? And, and feel free to share a story or two about uh, that. And, uh, you know, name names if you need to or, you know, uh, uh, change the names to protect the innocent. <laughs> Well, I, I, I must say that their response to all of this has been very positive, and it's because I believe that our relationship is strong. One of the things that we look at as far as management altogether is to have a really good relationship with the people that you manage. And I have been very um, transparent with them. And sometimes there's the, there, some, I would say, have a strategy of uh, only provide information that is uh, valuable to that particular position, and I don't believe in that. Um, I, I even share the finance pieces with our seasonal administration, not that they're in charge of the finances, but they now feel connected to those finances, saying, I need to do something on my part, the program part, in order to make sure that the finances uh, are, are there to, you know, that, that they connect well. And so by being transparent and having them part of the conversation, um, they feel very involved and, um, and that's what's made us, um, I think, successful in, in what we've done so far. We, I think we've all worked, uh, and when I say we, the, myself and Michael and probably a, a great many of our listeners have worked for that manager who, who uh, uh, is the need to know manager, you know, and, and it, uh, where did you, how did you learn that leadership is, is, is more than that, that you're facilitating as opposed to gatekeeping? Who were the folks that uh, inspired you to that? Uh, or is this something that you've come upon? Well, Al, I, I, and Mike, I don't know if uh, your listeners are going to think that you prompted me to do this, but 
um, you know, it really, it's going to be a camp response for you, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it really came down to um, role models that I've had in my life. My mother, uh, my late mother, and uh, the principal of my uh, elementary school, the head of my boarding school that was also a military school, um, and my camp counselors. Um, all of them have, in some way, have provided me some great understanding of how to connect with other people and of all ages. And I put all those little pieces together because not one role model that I have in my Rolodex, my mental Rolodex, have any, have all of the pieces that make what I, what I do, um, you know, who I am today. It's all, it's putting them all together. Um, so I would, you know, and I wouldn't, I have to say that the, the military background, and it was a military camp that I went to as well. So I would say that definitely that had something to do with it and having some true leadership opportunities that weren't, that were beyond like student leadership uh, or, you know, like a student council. This is more of really being in charge of other kids and, and understanding um, how o overpowering it can be an, uh, you can have a negative response to overpowering or pride or something like that. And as a kid, you get a chance to kind of go through scenarios where you're like, oh, you know what, that didn't work. Next summer, I'm going to totally do something different. And so that has really helped. And it's the same thing as being a camp counselor. Um, when you get into being like a head counselor or a senior counselor where you're managing other staff members, the great thing about camp is that you get to go away for nine months, think about how you managed, look at other ways of management around you during those nine months, maybe even in the school that you're in, and then come back and try it again. And I did that for so many summers, and I realized even working with people that are under me that are old, way older than me, or way younger than me, or my same age, or even my best friend, how do I, how do I manage that? And so that all of those experiences helped me get through that. Is there anything in, in, in the last 12, 13 weeks that you've learned about yourself that uh, uh, you didn't know or that surprised you? Um, I would say that um, it, it, it's, it's a good question now. I, 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 what first comes to mind is that um, my, uh, my ability and my staff's ability to rise to the occasion uh, hold strong, it's true. And that we have been doing well. And I think, you know, the economy has been doing well in the last 10 years or so. And, you know, everyone seemed to increase enrollment and had extra funds you know, for the most part to, you know, to add new things to their programs. And we haven't had a, had a struggle, uh, a major struggle. I mean, even the 2008 uh, and 2009 struggle that we've had in, in the country, um, doesn't compare to because it, it didn't affect every household like it like this does and it, it's been some time since something has been affecting affecting every household so um you know i i guess that i guess that's my point you know yeah that's great thank you weston for sharing that with us is really excited and finances are a huge component of operations and so we're gonna Take a quick commercial break right now, and we'll be back with Weston Outlaw soon. Thanks, everybody. Hold on. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, 
go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are talking with Weston Outlaw here. Uh, Weston, I, I always try and put a visual effect to to items when we're talking about them, and it's pretty abstract when you talk about finances and operations and things like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have our audience kind of think about a, a really big, healthy oak tree. Um, the the ten months or nine ten months you talked about the planning for summer camp, and we're just gonna use a camp understanding that a lot of us live in a forest. We, we have after school and preschool and sports and fitness and, and everything involved in that. But think about one of those big oak trees and that, that 10 months of planning is, is the trunk of the tree, the solid part. If you, we always say, if you work really hard for that 10 months, the bloom, which is camp at the top, is going to be this gorgeous foliage. But what most people don't realize as directors and good directors and people who are have run successful programming, the roots are probably the most important thing. And when I list the roots, I list, you know, fundraising, I list board and volunteer development, I list long range planning. And what you're a little talking to us a little bit about today is finances, right? And how they change. So talk to us how you manage as in your position the roots to the top of the canopy and how that how that works for you. Great, and and Mike, what you're you're talking about are, are all elements of business, and and then that produces the program. And if you think about um, you know any uh, aspect, I mean, if you look at all the majors in college, you know, let's say you go into the arts, um, you may get a degree in the arts, and uh, but do you understand the business aspect behind art in case you want to move into your own studio or, or beyond that and create a company, a corporation around the arts? Do you have those skills? And so that's, that's an important piece is that if you love the kids, that means you also probably love the program. And if you love the program and you want to lead the program, then you have to move into the business realm and you have to balance both of those and remember that program and business are just as important to be successful. So how do I, how do, I do that? Well, number one, um, you know, I, had, I just had a, a, an interest. I, even when I uh, got out of school and started my first job, I, there was something I knew that I, I, I loved uh, education and I loved business, but I didn't want to teach and I didn't want to own my own business. So how do I balance those? So it came out to be that I wanted to be on the staff side of, of a school, you know, and, and, and what, and my experience so far in schools have been in summer camps, advancement, IT, financial aid, admissions, uh, marketing and communications. I've been in those, I've been in those departments and, um, and now in summer camps specifically, or, and special programs, which includes after school programs and enrichments, um, I'm tasked with you know, the revenue and expenses of the department. Anything we do must make money. And it sounds awful to say that when you're, when you're running youth programs for a nonprofit, but you have to do it. You have to make money and, uh, so that you can keep the organization moving forward so that the programs that you love so much can continue. So um, 
the other the other piece is we we I keep mentioning education and I, you know I just completed my master's degree last fall and I think that's one of my answers to you is is to, is continued uh, continued education and although I feel like you know I have a knack for business that doesn't mean that I um, you know that I know everything and so I wanted to uh, get my master's and I got it in nonprofit management and it's I would consider it's the MBA of not the nonprofit world because it has all of those business classes, but they're focused on nonprofit scenarios. Um, and you know, connecting with the American Camp Association and uh, making sure that our program at Cranbrook is accredited by them. Uh, you know, I I would say, well, am I do I know everything about camp? Um, no. And it's okay for me to say that because I have those professional pieces around me, like this master's degree, like the American Camp Association that I can depend on. And that a lot, you know, so that's program and, and, and business. During the, during the year, um, there is a lot of planning and a lot of spreadsheets with a lot of numbers on them. And if I could give you any kind of a, a basic, basic idea of that planning is really having uh, a spreadsheet of all of your programs, um, with an estimated enrollment, with, with all of the expenses, and you have to get nitty gritty about all of the expenses that really go into your program. For instance, you have a registration uh, portal that you use, I'm sure, to register your, your students or your campers. Uh, what are the fees associated with that? There are credit card fees. There are credit card transaction fees. There are credit card security fees. There are the 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 company that's offering the software may have a fee per camper or fee per registration there are so many uh fees that you have to consider that's just that's just software you have you know you have uh supplies and you have all of your insurance um you know your utilities your you know your facilities management all of those pieces and put those all on a spreadsheet and try to uh, what I say, what I consider uh, connecting that with a cost per camper. If you're able to take an estimated enrollment and take all of your fixed and variable costs and break them down into each program and say, well, how much of this expense does this program uh, is this program responsible for? And then find out what your yield and what your expense per camper, your cost per camper is, so that you can make judgment calls a little easier after all that planning has happened. And I know that got really deep there for a minute, but it's really comes down to these simple idea. You do all this work so you can have these simple numbers so that later when things, you start having all the, all the staff around you and the kids and you have constant changes, you can make some uh, faster decisions because all of the work that you've done prior. I had the opportunity to work with a, a really good accountant or at, at the, what the term has become the, the chief financial officer of a nonprofit organization ages ago who's, who, who his quote was, no money, no mission. So all of what you just described really describes fundamentally what we have to dive into in that nitty gritty. Um, so, so thank you for that. Uh, as you've been diving through all of the different things that you've had to do recently as a result of this pandemic, um, are, are there, is there anything that you're doing now 
that you might continue to do later on that you uh, that hadn't been part of your practice or your process prior to this? Yes, um, it's, it's definitely been a learning situation. And I think um, we've been, uh, I mentioned earlier, we've been on kind of a growth trajectory um, of, you know, and, and so all of my thinking so far has been bigger, better, um, and possibly even more expensive, right? Uh, just increase and get bigger. And, and this pandemic has reminded me that um, you, have to, you do have to have multiple scenarios in place and be ready for, for anything. Um, so, you know, to really look at each line item, um, all of the, all the aspects that make camp happen and consider, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, what's a wish list versus a need list, um, and then truly evaluate when and where you're going to incorporate those along the way. Does it have to be this summer? Um, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you keep, maintain quality? without, uh, you know, without quantity so much. Looking forward, Weston, um, I, I want you to imagine yourself six months from from today. And, and so we've gotten through the, the, the summer months and you're back into, well, it's, it's, you know, probably late fall by then. And uh, what would Weston six months from now say to Weston today to say, to, to, to encourage you or what words of wisdom, what would you say looking back from that aspect? I'm listening. I wish I could, I wish I could hear myself. Um, I, it, it, I would need some time to think about that, I think, but, um, you know, it's really just a lot of, a lot of focus uh, and a lot of, I, I don't know, like it's a, a lot of attention to detail. Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, if you want specifics or, or not, but I mean, like even our healthcare policies, um, you know, we have to dig in deeper than we ever have. Um, you know, there's, there's so, you know, in the past, uh, you know, we, we had the CDC, of course, and we had all of these things and we would, we would refer to them, but there wasn't um, ever a time at least in my in my career so far, that we had to really look at all of these organizations and agencies, and local, state, federal, um, and then the federal agencies, uh, the American Camp Association, and not just maybe refer to them once a year, and just to make sure you got everything right, and then just wait for announcements or updates. But now just constantly monitoring them, watching the news, and not just watching the news for my own personal interest watching the news for my professional career of like what information can I can I what grain of salt can I take out of the news that I'm, I'm receiving so that I can apply it to what's happening in my in in camp or with all of my you know youth programs so I guess I don't know if that really answers your question now I'm again I'm still listening to hear from my from my voice in the future um, but I you know all I can say is that I have learned a lot through this and if you don't have an open mind yet to um, changing or even expanding your thoughts, your strategies, the ways you do things, um, if, if, it, if you haven't been convinced now, 
you really you really need you, you know you need to start because um, you know what I think the skill set that companies organizations are going to be looking for in the future now that the pandemic has been has has come um, is who can who can maneuver through several scenarios like this and who can be very uh, open-minded and who can look at all of the you know like I, said, I mentioned all of the agencies and all of this and look even look at the look at the law I mean and and um, and consider all of these things and prepare and um, be ready to work triple the amount like I said before for only one outcome that skill set I think is gonna be look that the, uh, employers are gonna be seeking um, you know going forward yeah I think it's gonna be it's not affecting 2020, right? This is, this is a, a large stone was dropped into the middle of a pond and those ripples will be years of us on how we're addressing things and um, you know, creating quarantine rooms in your programs. And right. you know, that's gonna stay. Right, you know, it's, I, I, the way I'm thinking of it right now is uh, you know, the, uh, our the famous quote, don't bring me a problem, bring me a solution. I think that's now going to shift of don't bring me a problem and don't bring me a solution. Bring me 12 scenarios and be ready to implement any one of those at any given time. That's the new quote. Yeah, that's a, it's a great way to look at it. My father is an old Navy guy and he would follow up and saying, you know, uh, the only thing I'd ask of you, I will give you enough time to change my mind. But ultimately when I decide this is what we're doing and let's get on board and let's go. And so those are those things where, you know, I would let my staff go crazy and think of everything possible, except when it came to health and safety, then it was come to me with a couple of options. We're going to decide, I'm going to decide. And now we had one of my young 17 year old staff say something the other day. And I was, Oh my goodness. I didn't even think of that yet that was great. And so now just not being, Hey, I'm the guy with 30 years of camp experience. I'm the pro in the, in this program, that 17 year old was thinking and, and probably stressing about that component of camp. And now it's being brought to the foresight of, of how we're going to address things. So I think that's, that's important that it's not just, like I said, the roots of that tree, there's, there's 20 different roots going out and how do we pull in that information and ultimately get the, the tree to bloom. So Weston, thank you so much for, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It was great hearing from you and great to virtually meet you. Um, tell us a little bit, how can people get a hold of you? We'll have your website on the podcast, but how can people get a hold of you? Sure. Um, my, uh, the best way would be my email address, uh, and that's Outlaw. Um, O-U-T-L-A-W at cranbrook.edu or um, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Great. Well, thanks so much for for joining us and Al and I, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Expert Online Training. Al, you've used Expert Online Training. Tell us about it. 
I have. I've been a past user and, and, and a big fan of expert online training. I've used them for our first year staff. I've used them uh, for returning leaders. I've used them for our senior leadership uh, or what uh, some people call the, the directing team and I call the support staff. Uh, the different topics and presenters that they have really are worthwhile in tailoring training to your specific camp teams in so many different ways. It's a great program. My camp is using expert online training this summer. So if you're interested in expert online training, go to expertonlinetraining.com and check them out. Welcome back. I really enjoyed having Weston Outlaw on today's show. Uh, we learned a lot about kind of the back office things of running programs and operations. Uh, Al, what'd you learn today? You know, uh, Weston has such a heart for for camp and passion, you know, he talked, he started off just talking about balancing his financial uh, background. Uh, and he said, I always have to start with thinking about my why, you know, who I'm serving, the kids that we, we serve. And, uh, you know, I haven't pulled a, a Maxwell quote out on this one yet, but here it comes. Uh, you know, uh, what I thought about uh, the most with Weston is, as a leader, you'll never get ahead until your people are behind you. And, and that's so true because Weston was setting that uh, tone and that pace through the crisis of leading his people. He wasn't just managing day to day. He was leading his people as they came up with that three-pronged approach of how they're going to move through the crisis and will continue to move through the crisis. How yeah. about you, Michael? Yeah, I would agree 100%. I think the the one thing I loved, and I've been doing this for years, and it was nice nice to hear another professional do this, but I love sharing those finances with my staff and having them completely understand what it takes to run camp. I think our younger staff, because camp is such a mission and heartfelt program, and it's usually, at least I've found, a lot of times it's just the camp director who's saying, well, we got to watch enrollment and no, you can't buy that. And no, you can't do this. And, and those frontline staff or even leadership staff don't really understand that, Hey, you know what? It's $3,000 for a new Gaga pit. However, $3,000 equals X, Y, Z number of fee assistance, X, Y, Z number of supplies for your other programs and your other departments. And so just bringing them into that circle allows them to feel included in the process of, of developing a, a amazing summer camp program. As a result of this particular podcast with Weston, I hope everybody understands and knows what generating ancillary income is really about. Um, just uh, uh, amazing lessons uh, in leadership over and over again. Definitely. So we hope you enjoyed our show. We are honored that you spent the last half hour, 45 minutes with us, and we will see you in two weeks. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, everybody. Stay well. Bye-bye.